0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Unentitled Sports Podcast. This is episode 12. Today we are not talking about the NBA. We're going to talk about some other sports. Um, There's been a lot going on with MLB Free Agency, and I am getting my bread here. This is what I've been looking for. I'm very excited to talk about it. Um, We also have uh, much... Updates about the San Francisco 49ers, the injury of Jimmy Garoppolo, the future, what's going to happen, and then I am probably going to head out and Ryan is going to take over and continue the end of this podcast talking about the World Cup. Um, obviously, RIP Team USA, but RIP. let's just start with MLB Free Agency. Obviously, Get the biggest over with. news. the biggest news for me is Aaron Judge choosing to not sign with the Giants. I am on record on this podcast saying that I didn't even want Aaron yeah. Judge in the first place. So well, you can Why didn't you want Aaron Judge? I didn't want Aaron Judge because Okay. Okay, there's there's a couple reasons. <laughs> the reason that I had stated on the podcast why I didn't want Aaron Judge was because I'd much rather have Trey Turner. And and what team is did Trey Turner sign for? Trey Turner signed with the Phillies. Ooh. So it's awkward. Not gonna happen, unfortunately. But the other reasons why I didn't want Aaron Judge are because he hit like Below 200 in one of his seasons. That happened before. So I've always kind of felt with Aaron Judge like he might suck. You know, like there's still a possibility. I know he like broke the home run record, but I feel like there's still a possibility that he sucks. And I always felt I like. I do agree that his floor is pretty low. Yeah, absolutely. And I felt like if he was to or sign a huge contract, I should say. Like post that huge contract signing, that's when that happens. It's always like that, like you get, like some big change happens, like, oh, you go to a new team, you go to a new league you go across the country, and then all of a sudden you actually suck. So, like, I was very nervous about that happening. So now I don't have to worry about that. And I also get $360 million in, uh, in space that we would have spent on Aaron Judge to go out and hopefully get Carlos Rodon. <laughs> yeah, That's what I'm hoping Carlos from.
1: Rodon, guys.
0: Carlos Rodon yeah. is good. He I, is good. I, he's, he's probably the best available pitcher on the market. Um, and I know that we were looking for a starter. We're looking for a couple outfielders and a middle infielder. If we could target either Dansby Swanson or Carlos Correa, well, unfortunately, Almedis Diaz is no longer on the market. And I want to talk about Almedis Diaz, <laughs> but um, uh, if we could get either of those guys, or or Wilson Contreras, or another good free agent and a pitcher, um, we we already signed Mitch Haniger. I can be pretty happy about our off season moves if that happens. If it doesn't, it is a big disappointment. But I but I know that we were trying to do that. We're trying to to go out and spend. Um, another team that was trying to go out and spend the Oakland A's, Yeah, they spent a ton Broke of money. Broke the bank. <laughs> oh my Lord. Seven whole million dollars. Is it a one year contract? Uh, two years, 14 total. <clears throat> two years, 14 million dollars. They signed Ledmies Diaz, um, who had played for the Astros in the most recent season, but he had played a longer time for the Cardinals. Um, uh, I
1: think he actually played longer for the Astros.
0: I know he had played for the Cardinals. I'm just but saying. yes, he has played um, for the Cardinals,
1: yeah. Uh,
0: they signed him to a seven million dollar contract. I like the deal. I don't think that Diaz is an amazing player. He's not going to uh, wow the world. But if you have the opportunity to bring in a free agent <coughs> like a <Aledemis> Diaz, who <coughs> you know maybe some team like at the <coughs> deadline is looking for a middle infielder, looking for someone who a kind of a, I think he's more of
1: a like a, 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 a pl- utility, utility. Yeah. player. So um, who's a platoon player? Yeah, uh, well, on a team like Houston. Not- yeah, like, here's the thing with the A's, he's gonna start every game. But yeah, you know, yeah. for Houston, he was the Prototype platoon player. And maybe that he's happen. not going to play every game, but he's just going to fill in where
0: where you need him to fill in. Maybe that'll happen um, this season, though, as as the season progresses. A team needs a guy like him, and they're willing to give <laughs> the up. A-
1: the A's are thinking ahead. They're already
0: preparing for the trade deadline. No, legit, like that's actually serious. Because the A's goal is to build their farm system. I think that's got to be the only goal. Alémis Diaz is giving you nothing. Why are you paying him seven million dollars if not to? get rid of him and yep. uh and get some some capital out of him. So we literally
1: just bought trade bait.
0: Uh, yeah, literally. Um some more stuff that's happened with MLB free agency. Obviously, Jacob deGrom signs with the Rangers, giving the Rangers three Bugattis and a trailer park house. <laughs> I think is I saw that meme Um, I think that's a good way to describe it. They have uh, no backbone on that team. Oh, yeah. Um, Yet they have... Kind of like
1: a certain basketball team we like to...
0: Oh, shit, we said we weren't going to talk about basketball. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Also, you can't really... Oh, we're not going to get into it. We're not going (laughs) to get into it. Um, They have no backbone, yet they have have some of the best players in the league. Players, um, the way I see the Texas Rangers is exactly like the Los Angeles Angels. They are the same team. Yeah. Tell me otherwise. I yeah, believe they are the exact same team. Something about the AL West and not being competitive. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, so, yeah, the Astros are going to win the division again. Yeah, fine. Uh yeah, But they get they get to see Jacob deGrom probably uh, yeah. 10 times a year now. So,
1: well, the A's, fun. the A's beat up deGrom the one time they played him last year. So I'm, I'm excited to play him, you know, how long is it going to be, three, four, five times, whatever it is? Yeah, and I'm actually really excited to
0: go to an A's. I would love to go see Jacob deGrom. Pitch against pitch A's the A's in Oakland, like, and get in for twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah,
1: like, that would be awesome. And have a really good beer. They have that my my the, the my English, the best beer that I've ever had. Is it the A's? Was that an A's game? It was like this mango beer. It was really good. Right. Let's go in. Let's go watch Jacob. Garoppel. I had it in the souvenir A's cup that and uh, was double, on your desk that I don't can, see
0: anymore. We can double the A's uh, income by buying a couple. Of beers. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. Um, Revenue is going to be sky high when we go to that game. <laughs> Let's see what else. Uh, Justin Verlander signs with the oh, Mets. I forgot about that. Yeah. that was a big one. A very good replacement for right, them. Right, great replacement. And much two years, short term, but two years. I'm okay with. I think for the Mets because obviously he's like 40 years old now, so he's not going to be good any longer than two years. But paying as much as they're paying right now over a short period of time is probably the right way to do it, rather than sign him to a four year contract for a little bit more. Like, but less over over time, because then you screw yourself down the line if he's not very good. And the A, the Mets, particularly, are good they, at that. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla, right? <laughs> They've been paying Bobby Bonilla for like the past 30 fifty years. years yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good to not get into another situation like that. Happy for the Mets. However, it I think it means that Justin Verlander will not be seeing the World Series again. Um, yeah. But that's okay. The Mets were good this year. Mets were solid. But, yeah. Um, anything else we have to talk about with MLB free agency? There's a couple guys still left on the market.
1: Um, yeah, we brought up uh, Trey Turner, right? We did. Trey Turner is playing for the Phillies, not the Giants. Uh, Aaron Judge true. is not playing for the Giants. That's true, yes. Um, Take it to Grom, also not for the not Giants. playing for the Giants, yeah. Now there's Justin Verlander. <laughs> yeah, my thing with uh, Almenis Diaz is like... a me. That's what I said. Um, the, the table of show. Yeah. <laughs> I looked at his numbers, and they are very prototypical A's numbers. Very, very – like, he could fit anywhere in the A's lineup with those numbers. But the thing is, why are we paying him $7 million to do it when we're paying everyone else in that team less than $2 million to do it?
0: I think it comes back to the idea that is if you have a free agent, right? It's like – it's the difference between signing a free agent and not signing a free agent. You're adding an MLB-level player. To your roster without having to draft him right Right, but the a's aren't trying to feel the roster of mlb players i thought we learned that last year (laughs) i i mean with the with the draft lottery it's not going to matter as much this year they're going to suck we can i think we can rest assured the a's are going to suck yeah it is year two of their rebuild cycle they've got i think they've got two more bad years yeah i don't think this changes their uh like tank odds at all i just think it's it's another way for them to get Someone young. Oh,
1: um, I, I'm not. I'm not worried about them winning too much with Diaz. I'm just. I'm just questioning why we're paying seven million dollars to do what he does when we can pay someone else two million dollars to do it. I don't think that anybody else is gonna like. What do you mean, like, like another free agent? Like, yeah, that? or anyone. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean cause there, I, there I, are probably a lot of a lot of free agents right now.
0: <laughs> I don't think seven million is breaking the bank at all. For the A's, it is. I'm just saying, like, it's, it's not going to hurt anybody, you know. I know, man. It's not, I, like it's not like it's it's room that they would have spent on someone else.
1: No, I know that. I, I, I would rather that money go toward a stadium.
0: $7 million is not going to get you <laughs> anywhere towards the stadium. Um, okay. I think that that is it for MLB Free Agency. We'll update as we go along. Um, my favorite targets, like I said, Rodon, uh, Correa, and uh-huh. Swanson. Contreras would be great, too. Any of those guys, if they come to the Giants, just know that I'm a happy guy. Um we have much news to do with the San Francisco 49ers and what the fuck are they going to do going forward. Uh
1: we're going to ride the Brock Purdy train. sturdy purdy. sturdy purdy. Yes. BP. Um I'm not particularly worried because the 49ers have been so successful with a low octane quarterback. Yeah. For so long it's like like realistically like 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 here's the thing like the only way Brock Purdy does poorly is if we ask him to do too much. And the 49ers offense is great at not asking the quarterback to do too much. Yeah, I, I mean, the system that we have right now has been designed for... It's so QB unreliant, it's, which is awesome. Yeah, it's, it's for
0: Jimmy G, who is a quarterback who is great at making the little throws, right? Uh, he's throwing over the middle consistently, and he's throwing for five yards, and he, we have players who get yards after the catch, Um so luckily, I think if there's any team that has a quarterback go down um, and it doesn't like completely destroy their odds, it's probably the 49ers. Yeah. Um, Brock Purdy, though, very unproven. We still don't know if he's that guy. Um, I'm really, really, really excited to see this next game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the Bucs have a good defense. Um, and from what we saw last week when, when Purdy took over – he looked really good, but yeah. we haven't had a team that's game planned a whole week for him yet. Yeah. So this will be new, um, <clears throat> and if he can, I think if if Brock Purdy can play like good, and most importantly, if the Niners can win against the Bucks with yeah. Brock Purdy, I do not think that we are out of this in in any way. Like, oh no, definitely if, not. If we can beat the Bucks, I think that hope is alive. But I did see, according to one Justin Coburn, um, <laughs> that the Vegas odds. Our favorite statistician. Uh, are now they now hold? Oh, no, it was 538. 538 now holds the San Francisco 49ers at below a 1% chance of winning the Super Bowl. Bro,
1: 538 is full of shit. Those are the same guys that gave the Celtics like an 86% chance to win the finals. True. Like, here's the thing like, 538, you know, respect to 538 for like sticking to their guns, but they're basically saying like, I think 538's kind of MO is like, Oh, we're not the all-knowing, all-powerful probability guys. Like we just have this one algorithm that we think is good, and according to this, and only this, this is what we get.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I like I it, definitely it, don't agree with that. I don't think that anybody yeah. who's smart would agree that the Niners have a less than one percent chance of winning, because that would imply that like they're one of probably one of the lowest teams that's not like eliminated from the playoffs. Yeah. And you can't get much lower with, than that. The <laughs> defense, which is half of the half of the ball game, it's. The best in the league. Yeah, and we're good at debatable. making
1: quarterbacks as bad as Brock Purdy, is supposedly. Yeah, so
0: um, I, I'm i really excited looking going forward. I feel really bad for Jimmy Garoppolo. But if this ends up working out for the 49ers, this is going to be one of the most insane runs, yeah. um, given that you know you start the season with
1: Trey Lance. It's like that Ohio State team. What Ohio State team? Uh, that won the national championship with Cardell Jones, who was their third stringer yeah that one um
0: they, this team would start with Trey Lance as the quarterback then obviously with all the controversy before that trying to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo yep. um and and telling Trey that the team is his and then Trey goes down Jimmy comes back, plays really well we buy into Jimmy We see he say, had a, he had a team he had a
1: couple rough weeks he, but, at
0: the beginning yeah yeah but
1: he he, but like he was really getting he was getting into a groove it was his last like four games were
0: all like quarterback efficiency stats like Top five yeah. in the, in the league, which is incredible, um, and then he goes down. We bring in Brock Purdy, the last pick in this year's draft, a rookie. If he could take us to the playoffs, win us a playoff game, and then we hand the ball back to either Jimmy G, yeah, because either Williams, one of them could come back, yeah. literally, and then win a Super Bowl, that would be incredible. Um, I I am I'm really excited about I, yeah, this team. Yeah, I was about to
1: say. I, th- I think the word that comes to mind for me is excitement. <laughs> Absolutely. No matter what happens, it's gonna be fun.
0: It could be disappointing.
1: It could it be. It could be very disappointing. Well, yeah, but yeah, that, it, it could always be disappointing. I mean, if yeah? we see,
0: if we see, just Brock Purdy can't hit, can hit, <laughs> Christian the, McCaffrey the, yeah, on the uh, wide yeah. side of a barn, yeah, yeah, then, uh, then that'll be that'll be interesting. Yeah, but then we'll probably switch the quarterback too. We'll probably go with Josh Johnson.
1: Yeah, there. Well, like, here's the thing: there are enough unemployed quarterbacks on this planet. Yeah, to where if it really isn't working with Brock Purdy, they're... There exists an unemployed quarterback who who could be better than Brock Purdy.
0: Yeah, probably. Um so so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see how this goes forward. Other NFL um news, it was very important. We had to talk about this, obviously, as Bay Area unentitled right. fans.
1: Yes. Um, not that comes to mind. I feel like it's the forty ers world and all thirty one other teams are just living there. <laughs> That's facts. Um I wish that was the case. <laughs>
0: there are some good teams though. Obviously, the Eagles continue to be the Eagles. Also, I want to apologize about my voice. I can see on the voice thing, like my voice is very like dim. Um, I I think I'm sick. Just wanted to say that. Um,
1: So when you're listening to this, please wear a mask, guys. Yeah,
0: it's very important. We're at the beginning of a pandemic, (laughs) and uh, we need to slow the spread.
1: Yeah. So Um, while you're listening to this, make sure you have your masks on. You don't want to catch it through your ears. Greenberg's definitely getting it, too, because... What you oh, can't I've had see, it! I've had it since October, bro.
0: What you can't see about our recording setup is that I'm actually whispering into his ear for all <laughs> of this. and and you can see all the little droplets, just yeah, moving into his bloodstream. <clears throat> okay, um, college football, college football, college football. Go blue,
1: go blue, baby! Thirteen and zero, Big Ten champions, beat Ohio State in their goddamn little horseshoe. Honestly, Blue,
0: very impressive season.
1: Yeah, well, no, this this Michigan team is better than it was last year. Yeah, and no one expected that. I did not expect that, personally. I thought
0: that the running game. Yeah, you didn't expect that. Son Haskins, and I I just I figured that the the players that had made the team so good last year would be gone by now. Um, And then, like, Cade McNamara, and there was the the whole controversy with the quarterback. Kind of like thing, the Niners, bro.
1: I guess. I've been saying, like, Michigan and 49ers are the same team. They are, a, they are a, a run, a run first offense. Yes. And they have the best defense in the country, the great defense. yeah. Yep.
0: I, yeah, I would agree with that. I think that Michigan is probably the 49ers of college football, which makes uh, Or are the 49ers makes... the Michigan of the NFL? Oh, maybe. I'm trying to think, who is the Rams of, of college football? Someone who sucks. But yeah, I don't they are like... good. <laughs> Alabama, no, no. Well, no, no.
1: Alabama's still, 10, yeah, still good. ten still 2, good. Yeah.
0: All right, we'll get back to you guys on on who's the round <laughs> of college football. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that Georgia should be the very big favorites here. They're going to go up against uh, Ohio State in the first yep. round. I, which is I, awesome. I think it would have been, it would have been more of a favorite situation if they had TCU, but they're not going to play. Ohio State Michigan again. Yeah. Um so Which is smart. I like <clears throat> that. So I think I do, still still do think that Georgia is going to run through Ohio State and then
1: and I'm going to love every I'm going to love every well uh, not every second of that, but I'm going to love every second of Georgia <clears throat> spanking Ohio State.
0: I just don't think it's going to be close. Um personally, I think they're the best team in college football by far. I think their defense is incredible. Their offense scores every single time. Um and I I'll, I'll be excited for a Michigan Uh, Michigan Georgia final. Um, However, I I, again, I do think it's not close. Georgia has been playing better opponents the whole year and beating them uh, harder. And I, you know, to me, this is Georgia's to lose and it's not close. Um, If you guys are betting people out there, you should bet on Georgia. Take all your money, bet on Georgia. I'm telling you right now, that's a Lucas Watkins guarantee.
1: Hater. Hater never made me. Would you me say mad. to hate all? Your,
0: to, no, <laughs> would you say to bet all your money on Michigan?
1: No, I would say. So I would say. Confident. I would say you should be a good follower of Christ and not gamble. That's what I would there say. There you go. <laughs> that's, a, um, that's a good one. No, I think, I think both the semifinal games are. Uh, knock on wood. Um, I don't think there's a chance that we don't get a Michigan uh, Georgia final. I yeah. could. I could so strongly regret saying that on record. Imagine um, imagine though a Michigan Ohio State final. Oh god, that would be so that would really suck though if Michigan loses that final cuz like you beat Ohio yeah, State in the regular season. It would matter at all. It, exactly. You it wouldn't matter. Care. It would not matter. Yeah. Um, but no, it's like um yeah, I'm as a Michigan fan, I'm not all I'm not at all scared of TCU. Um, with all due respect, um Sonny I I don't like TCU is getting a lot of disrespect, and I don't think a lot of it is warranted. But I, at the same time, I also think Michigan's gonna brush them aside, and I think Georgia will beat Ohio State um, in the final. Assuming it is Michigan and Georgia, I think Georgia's the favorite, but it's not gonna be a blowout like you think, Lucas. Because here's why: for everything, George. Like where where can you fault Michigan this year? What has Michigan done wrong? Michigan has the best win in the country this year beating Ohio State on the road Georgia has not had a, had a win better than that Michigan has the best win they are still undefeated keep in mind so is Georgia right I know right so, so, but I'm not saying Michigan is better than Georgia uh-huh okay you know, uh, yeah yeah I mean, like, I like what what, what like what can you take away from Michigan that makes Georgia so much better than them uh I think that I just I'm just
0: basing it off of like we have two teams that are undefeated However, I know that Georgia's recruiting class is way better. I know that the way Georgia played last year was better than than Michigan. So it's like I feel like at this point it's like you have to revert. We to We did not have JJ, things.
1: bro. Or We did have JJ, but
0: yeah, uh, I feel like we have to we, like we have to look at those things when it comes to a team, a match. And Donovan to Edwards is defeated
1: teams. Donovan Edwards is is good. And I was like, oh, Blake, Cor- Blake, Blake, Corham's great. Blake Quorum's the best running back in the country, but Donovan Edwards is still really goddamn good, and he ran all over Ohio State, and he ran all over Purdue.
0: I'm excited to see. Um, this
1: and he's going to run all over Georgia. This is a good
0: college football playoffs. Uh, oh, really?
1: I, I do think so. Oh, I kind of don't think so. Because normally we get four good teams. I feel like yeah, this Yeah, but year- it's four
0: SEC teams. And and now it's like. Nah, not it's, always. It's, Ohio it's,
1: State and Oklahoma usually make it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's I mean, true. I would say like. But, it, I mean, I feel like it's the you know, SEC Bowl. You know, it normally is. It's like, it's like okay, Alabama's here every year. Right, I don't. I'm okay with not seeing that, and like, I'm. I'm more excited to see a, a, a TCU team go out there and give it their best than you know a, an Ohio State for you know again. But then again, Ohio State is is going out there to give it their best. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Colorado. Uh, Can we talk about Colorado for a second? Sure. Go um, ahead. Colorado, my alma mater. Except for I didn't actually graduate from there, nor have I graduated from college. <laughs> I did go to Colorado for a year though. Um, they have Deion Sanders now as their head coach. They signed, uh, uh Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator who used to the be the old Vikings coach. Yes. The Vikings wow. head coach is now their defensive coordinator. Wow.
1: Mike Zimmer working for Deion Sanders. That's yes. at a college. Yes. That's wild. Yes. It, Colorado. Year, imagine, imagine telling that to someone five years ago. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um,
0: and I believe we're going to get the OC from Kent's or the head coach from Kent state is going to come and be the OC. Um, at Colorado we're obviously getting a bunch of recruits including uh, Travis Hunter the number one prospect out of the 2022 class Um, and we're getting all those kids from from Jackson State that are really good and I believe that there's going to be a lot more coming in the transfer portal everything is going right for Colorado right now it's pretty crazy we're going from this season where one win um, I'm not expecting them to be a great team but we have you can win, you can win a,
1: your out-of-conference games. We could be a very and you good can, program. You can beat Washington State and Oregon State and... Cal. Cal, yeah. And uh, Arizona. Arizona and Arizona State. Yeah. You know? That puts
0: you right up there in the top five of the Pac-12. So, <laughs> I mean, hey, if we could go from the worst team in the Pac-12 to a top five team in the to Pac-12... To a bowl team in the Pac-12 in Pac-12? one year, that bad. would be insane. I, I already told you this, but um, my expectation for, for the Colorado Buffaloes is five wins. If we can get above five wins, I will be happy. If we that we you a bowl game. Yeah. If we can make a bowl game, then I will be happy. Yeah, I, with think fi- I
1: think five and a half. Five and a half is a great over-under. Yes.
0: Okay, I think I should go check in on with our, uh, our statistical analyst, Justin Coburn, to see if he's interested in coming on, joining, talking about whatever he'd like to talk about. Hopefully not basketball because we're trying to avoid that today.
1: Oh, definitely um, not basketball. And maybe some World Cup. Maybe some World Cup. We'll be right back. All right, Justin Coburn has declined to join us today, and Lucas has abandoned us because he has better things to do. Apparently, um, but that's okay because that gives me free reign to talk about what I have been dying to talk about, and that is the World Cup. And I'm going to enjoy. Uh, I'm going to enjoy this opportunity that only comes once every four years to take as much time as I want to talk about soccer. And not feel like uh, it's inappropriate because this is the one time every four years that soccer is socially acceptable in America, and I plan on taking full advantage of it. So what we're going to do today is we're going to summarize what has happened so far. Uh, I originally wanted to do this episode after the uh, group stage and before the round of 16, but Lucas and I are both busy scholars, uh, one of us being busier than the other, but that's Okay. Um, And it is finals season here at UCSB, uh, so we were not able to find time for an episode um, in that very brief window between the end of the group stage and the start of round at 16. Um, But we are at a good point now. Uh, End of the round 16, uh, quarterfinals have not started yet, so we'll just pick it up right here. We'll talk about what has happened so far. We're going to highlight the performances of a couple of teams, and then we will talk about uh, the remaining eight teams and what we think is going to happen Uh, So let's get to it. Uh, In Group A, it shook out pretty much exactly as I and everyone really expected. Netherlands won, Senegal came in second, Ecuador three, and Qatar at four. I think it shook out exactly the way it should have. Uh, Very glad Qatar did not win a single game because of how proudly they have defended their long and historic heritage of homophobia and women's rights violations. Um, Group B... Um, yeah, I, I think the teams that deserve to go through went through England, deserving that number one spot, USA, definitely deserving that number two spot. Um, I thought Wales was the better team than Iran going into the tournament, but Iran played better than Wales and it showed in the standings. Nonetheless, England and the United States advanced, well-deserved, uh, group C group C was fun. Um, Saudi Arabia beat Argentina in the first game of that group which made it a lot of fun, but Argentina recovered well, beating Poland and Mexico to top their group, Uh, and Saudi Arabia did not win a single game after their upset over Argentina. Uh, Poland and Mexico tied on points, but Poland did have a goal differential that was better than Mexico, so Poland made it out of the group, and Mexico did not. Mexico and Mexican fans have got to feel uh, that they deserved better, Uh, but that's life. Sorry, Mexico. Uh, Group D... Uh, France won the group and looked really, really good doing it. Australia, after a shellacking the France in the first uh, in the first game, they won their next two games to win that group. And Denmark finishing dead last in that group. Uh, that was really one of the two predictions that I got uh, very wrong. I thought Denmark was gonna, you know, challenge France for that group because even though France is a much better team, Denmark had been playing incredibly going into this World Cup. And they shit the bed. They did not even win a single game. They finished dead last in their group. And that is a Denmark team that really sold. Um, They definitely should have done better this World Cup. And it is a stinker that they now have to wait four years uh, to get another crack at it. Uh, Group E, definitely the most fun group out of the whole tournament. And Japan, in a group with Spain, Germany, Costa Rica, and themselves, Japan won the group. Uh, Spain started off the World Cup incredibly hot and they beat costa rica by a slim margin of seven to zero and meanwhile if i recall correctly japan beat germany in the first game of the group stage uh and then the the third match day uh where all the teams played at once that was a lot of fun at one point it looked like both spain or sorry both japan and costa rica were gonna go through um But at the end of the day, Japan won their group. Spain, after that incredibly convincing first win, uh, squeaked through. And Germany, despite being level on points with Spain, did not go through because Spain had that great goal differential over their win, uh, or sorry, from their win over Costa Rica. And Costa Rica finished last in the group despite getting a win over Japan. Uh, But Japan, I think, had the most impressive performance out of anyone in the group stage because they beat both Spain and Germany and uh, almost eliminated both of them, but eliminated Germany. Uh, So incredibly entertaining group. I had a lot of fun watching that one. Uh, Japan played great, and they now play, uh, or yeah, and Spain finished second in that group. Uh, Group F, also that one was a lot of fun. Morocco shocked a lot of people, uh, scratched off a draw against Croatia, and then beat Belgium and Canada to win their group. And then Croatia uh, got a win over Canada as well and then tied Belgium, which means Belgium, maybe the most underperforming team of the whole tournament, didn't even make it out of the group after finishing in third place at the last World Cup. Many people thought they were the second best team in that World Cup and, you know, the best challengers to France. Um, But yeah, this Belgium team, uh, obviously they definitely sold. They definitely underperformed. They need to make it out of their group. Um, But yeah, I remember saying... You know, in our last episode, Belgium is not as good as they were uh, four years ago and even uh, two years ago, or sorry, one year ago, at the one and a half years ago at the Euros. Um, so, and yeah, uh, proven right, but I was proven way more right than I thought I would be. Um, and yeah, but Belgium definitely needs to be making out of that group. Uh, but shout out Morocco. They will be coming up later in our World Cup uh, rundown later because they have a uh, their Cinderella story continues. Um, I feel really bad for Canada because they played very, very well, particularly against Belgium uh, in that first game. Um, but they just couldn't put their chances away. Sounds familiar. Um, and they ended up not winning, or they ended up losing all three of their games. Uh, but they played so much better than that. And that Canada, that Canada team, has got to feel good about how they played, but got to feel upset about the results. Um, But that is the sport of soccer as we know it and love it. Uh, Group G, um, Brazil won a group that they were the best team in. Switzerland came in second to that group. I thought Serbia would put up a little bit more of a challenge uh, against Switzerland for that second spot, but Switzerland proved to be the better team. Uh, Cameroon and Serbia did not make it out of the group. And in the final group, Portugal won their group. And South Korea pipped it out over... Uruguay on goals scored um Uruguay also a team that I think underperformed excuse me though not quite to the degree of Belgium um, but they should be making it out of that group and they didn't because they didn't really kick it into high gear until it was too late. Um, they played way too casually and nonchalantly and showed no urgency um, until it was too late and that ended up costing them. Uh, in the round of 16, the Netherlands beat our boys in the Stars and Stripes by a score of 3-1. Uh, I will talk about the United States' performance uh, after this sort of uh, section of this segment. Uh, Argentina beat Australia by a score of 2-1. to one. So those two teams, the Netherlands and Argentina, will play each other on Friday. Um, Japan took Croatia to penalties, but Croatia's uh, experience and class and poise uh, got it done over the Japanese in the shootout. Uh, Would have been awesome to see Japan advance because if they beat Spain, Germany, and Croatia in the same World Cup and, you know, would have had the opportunity to have that Cinderella story continue, that would have been incredible. Uh, But a good Croatia team uh, wins that game. They're back in the quarterfinals, and I'm glad to see that their Cinderella run back in 2018 wasn't a one-off. I really like this Croatia team. Um mainly because they made me look really smart back in 2018. I remember going into that tournament. I was like, oh, Croatia's my dark horse team. They're the team that's going to make a run. And they did, and I got to say, ha-ha, told you so. And I felt really smart. Um, But Brazil won their matchup over South Korea um, and did so pretty easily. So uh, Croatia's going to have to beat Brazil, and that's looking pretty tough. Uh, So Croatia might fall a little bit shorter than they did in 2018 because I don't see them getting past Brazil. Uh, that Argentina-Netherlands matchup, that'll be a good game, but Argentina is the better team, although the Netherlands did look pretty good. They looked pretty sound against uh, the United States. Um, the Netherlands doesn't do- doesn't have a guy like Argentina has in Messi. Um, Messi can win you the game. I don't know who can win you the game for the Netherlands against a team like Argentina. Um, you know, against a team like the United States, you can rely on everybody doing their part and you're you know, playing like a team. Uh, to beat the Americans, but to beat a team like Argentina, you need someone to step up, and I don't know who in the Dutch squad, uh, or if they have anyone in that squad that can do that. Uh, France beat Poland relatively casually. England beat Senegal relatively casually. Uh, they play each other on Saturday. I think this England-France matchup is the best matchup uh, in the quarterfinals. Um, England and France... Um, I think this is the only matchup where either team, I can see either team winning the whole thing. Uh, Whereas in every other match, there's a clear favorite. Um, And that'll be a great game. Uh, I'm definitely watching that game. Um, And in the last two quarterfinal matchups, uh, Morocco beat Spain on penalties. And Spain, after a seven goal showing against Costa Rica, uh, they disappeared. Um, You know, I remember after that first game, I was like, Spain is back. Spain's going to win the World Cup. They're the best team. Spain, 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 Spain. It's 2010 again. And it's not. You know, it's like, congrats. You beat the weakest team from CONCACAF in the World Cup. And you, you, you smoked them. But very clearly, that didn't mean anything in any of the other games. Spain only won one game in this World Cup. And after that, they tied and then lost twice. And so this Spain team clearly, you know, I said, you know, the talent isn't there. The goal scoring is a huge issue, and they're going through a rebuild. And Spain had 120 minutes plus penalties, and they didn't put the ball in the Morocco goal once. Um, So I was proven right about Spain. Uh, Very happy to, again, sound smart. I love doing that. And in the last round of 16 matchup, uh, Portugal smoked Switzerland 6-1, and Cristiano Ronaldo got benched and I'm like oh okay it's it's you know it's not just a Manchester United thing and his replacement scored 3 goals Cristiano Ronaldo's 21 year old replacement scored a hat trick in Ronaldo's first game on the bench um I'm and my my whole thing with Ronaldo is uh that is an enigma the the way I feel about Ronaldo he is an enigma um I don't think we talked about him on our last episode because since then he Uh, He got released from his contract at Manchester United, which is crazy. You know, at at, at this point, nothing can really, truly surprise me in the world. That is soccer drama. Um, But Ronaldo getting cut from his Manchester United contract is, it's nuts. You know, it's like Cristiano Ronaldo not too long ago was the best player in the world or one of the two best players in the world. He's still a world-class player. You know, a lot of people have a lot of different opinions on him, but he's still good um and players don't get cut from their contracts just like that and nonetheless people with the stature and the you know the larger than life reputation and personality of Cristiano Ronaldo um, but then again that is why he got cut because his personality became so much larger than life and his goal scoring goal scoring stopped being larger than life um and I'm I'm, I'm I am glad that the situation resolved itself because all the Ronaldo Manchester United drama um it was creating a lot of dissonance um I didn't know how to feel because it's like I felt like my two parents were fighting and you know it's like I don't want to pick sides I just want everyone to be happy I just want what's best for everyone and it, it it did suck to see it end ugly but I am glad that it ended because I think a split is best uh for in, in the best interest of both Cristiano and Manchester United so I'm glad it's over and I'm glad uh, both parties get to move on because I do think I, I do think both parties will emerge from this better now that it is over. Um, but yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal career is not looking too good either, um, although you could argue that he was going to retire after this World Cup anyways. So all Portugal has to do is win. It doesn't matter how many goals Ronaldo scores. Ronaldo just needs Portugal to win. And with Gonzalo Ramos scoring a hat-trick in his place, Portugal look well to do that so uh the teams i want to talk about really shit in the bed uh first we had it was denmark we talked about them a little bit uh not much else to say um denmark don't quite have the same talent as germany and belgium but the way they have been playing over the past couple years they have been going punch for punch with europe's best they play great as a team um everything good about Everything good that I said about them in the last episode, um, it all fell apart, um, and but even still, you know they they definitely underperformed. Just looking at talent alone, as well, um, and Denmark Denmark have got to be scratching their heads wondering what happened because, you know, going into this World Cup, everything was going right for them, and none of it mattered. Um, but I guess that's how it goes sometimes. Uh, Germany, 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 Germany. I think you know belgium put on the most disappointing display at this world cup but i think germany uh, as a football team and a football association is in uh the biggest crisis mode right now um because germany should germany has not made it out of the group stage in the past two world cups and you know yeah you know as i as i said in the last episode they aren't as good as they were in 2014 and 2010 that that sort of golden generation is is gone, and they're not as good. But they're still they're still great. They're they're still a European powerhouse. They're, they're still a favorite in whatever tournament that they play in. Um, and they should have made it out of that group, uh, even if they lose to Spain. There's no excuse to losing Japan and Costa Rica in a World Cup. Um, and um, and Germany didn't get it done. And where do they go from here? Um, it's clear that whatever problems they thought they solved after twenty eighteen uh did not get solved um they've got good players but they've had good player they had good they've had good players last two world cups and that wasn't enough so i don't know where they go from here it's really hard to identify a problem because you look at them up and down and it's like yeah like this this is a team that shouldn't have problems but they you know they just seem to lay an egg um once or twice every world cup and you can't do that um so i think it's just i think it comes down to the way germany prepares um, I don't think they've prepared the right way the last two World Cups. Oh, clearly, they haven't prepared right. The, the last two World Cups. I don't think there is an obvious fix. I don't think it requires an overhaul, but it is going to require some really deep and outside-of-the-box thinking uh, if you're Germany because the way that they performed in the last two World Cups is, frankly, unacceptable. Um, and Belgium. Um, Belgium is... Uh, what happened to them is very depressing because it very clearly signals an end to this Belgian golden generation of the past 10 years that peaked in 2018. Uh, And they walk away with nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, Other than the good times and the friends they made along the way. Uh, You know, that always counts for something. But Belgium won, didn't win any competitions, they didn't win any trophies with their golden generation. And with this World Cup, it is very clear that that this golden generation is done. It is over, it is aged out. Um, you know, they're well past their peak and, you know, Belgium faces some more question. Where do we go from here? Um, cause you know, this, this new generation of talent they have coming in has these huge shoes to fill and you know, it's like, can you expect them to fill those shoes? And even if they do, how do they do what this incredible Belgium team from a couple years ago couldn't do? Um... And then Spain, uh, Spain did make it out of their group, but like I said, after that first game where they looked so convincing, they were a bad team and Spain didn't really play with much urgency. They didn't play with much purpose. They didn't look like they knew what they were, you know, it looked like scoring goals didn't matter to them. Um, and it looked like Spain was like, oh yeah, you know, like they, 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 they looked very unbothered, um when there were clearly uh, red flags. And Spain was like, oh yeah, you know like, because we pass the ball so much, we'll get the goals when we need them, don't worry about it. And then they didn't. Um, Spain just looked like they didn't worry about it until it was too late. Um, And that's what ended up costing them. They've sort of been stuck in this, you know, for a while now they seem stuck. They seem like a team that can, you know, play better for 90 minutes and have the ball and pass it around the other team and play keep away and be a more talented team and do all these things where they can't put the ball in the net and speaking of not being able to put the ball into the net that takes me to the last team that i want to talk about the stars and stripes the stars and stripes excuse me the united states of america um and overall as a world cup i would describe how i feel about it as enigmatic um Because the way we played, the way we looked, the way we matched up against other teams, you know, we went, we played better than or went toe to toe with every team that we played. There wasn't a team where we played them and they just overwhelmed us. They were like, oh yeah, this team is better than us. Um, Especially the way we played against England, there's a lot to be proud of there. Um, But it wasn't really reflected on the scoreline uh we blew a ton of scoring chances it was really hard to watch um and it sort of goes to show you can you know you can have a team that's doesn't really matter how good they are as long as there's not a guy who can put the ball in the net it doesn't really matter um but the United States is one really good number nine away from being in that tier uh of teams that we want to be in um and a, a tier that maybe we're not the best team on the planet but we can we can Go head to head, toe to toe, uh, with anyone on the planet. We can win any game um, because the way we played, um, there's a lot to be proud of. There, uh, we proved that we're a team that can keep up with anyone. We proved that we're a team that, you know, nobody should underestimate or overlook. We proved we're a team that, you know, nobody necessarily wants to play. We proved we're a team that can hang in any game. Um, but the goal scoring for this team is a problem, and we are gonna need to find someone who can put the ball in the back of the net. Um, it's very clearly that is what this team is missing. Um, but our midfield was so, so good. Um, our defense, other than against the Netherlands, against the Netherlands, it did look very shaky. Uh, but for those three group stage games, our defense looked incredible. It, it you know We were the only team that went the entire group stage without allowing a non-penalty goal, uh, which is a lot to be proud of there. And I'm really proud of the way that our team rallied to win the game against Iran get the goal and then uh the way we set up the fortress and defense and kept them out out of the back of the net um I had not been that invested in a game of soccer in a very very long time uh very fun to watch very stressful um but unfortunately uh the the dream run is over um overall i would give our world cup performance a b i think going out in the round of 16 is about as expected i think in our last episode i said that is that is about par uh for this team um and i i think the way we we played is par or sorry not the way we played but the end result is par um i think the way we played is above par um or i guess below par above par below par it, it better, better than better than what we can expect or should have expected Um, it's just, you know, the, the goal, the goal scoring or lack thereof, um, is a huge problem and that's got to get better, but everything else is there. And I think that highlights the importance of goal scoring in soccer, obviously. Um, it doesn't matter how good you are if you don't score, um, you know, CC Spain. Um, but everything else looked really, really good for the United States. We look like we're a team that's ready to take the next, take the next step and improve. Um, and we've got almost all the pieces there. We're just missing one piece, but unfortunately that piece is the biggest one and the most important one. Um, so yeah, it is frustrating to, it, it feels like we didn't hit our ceiling because we couldn't find the goals. It felt like if we got the goals that our play deserved, we could have gone even farther. And it is frustrating to have it end early just because we were missing that one last piece, even though it is the most important one. Um, but uh, for such a young team, and for for a team that sort of has a history of underperforming, um, and you know we made ourselves a team that's very difficult to beat, very difficult to score against, very difficult to play better than, um, a lot to be proud of there for the United States, and a lot to look forward to. Um, so going forward, uh, there are eight teams left. I think uh, Morocco, God bless him, but they. I, they don't stand a chance of winning this World Cup, and I don't see them getting past Portugal. Uh, Croatia and the Netherlands, I sort of see them in the same tier. They're good teams. I think they deserve to be where they are, um, and if they get even further, good on them, but I don't think that they are as good as the remaining five teams that are Argentina, Brazil, England, France, and Portugal. I think any of those teams have as good a chance as another um to win a tournament and you know all those teams have a statement win except maybe argentina um but you know brazil looked great against south korea they look great in the whole group stage um england played great against iran france have looked incredible all throughout and portugal people people were sleeping on portugal but what they did in the round of 16 against switzerland they proved they got that statement win that i think puts them in that highest tier that think I think that puts them in that conversation of, you know, this is a team that is good enough to go all the way and beat anyone. Um, you know, a lot of people think that those teams need a statement win, and Portugal definitely got theirs against Switzerland. Um, England and France, um, you know, they they speak for themselves. They're incredible teams. They keep winning, um, but obviously they play each other next, so only one can win. I think, you know, like I said earlier, that's going to be the game of the quarterfinals and whoever wins that game has got to feel good. Um on the other side of the bracket, Netherlands uh will have a tough take a t- tough test against Argentina. Same with Croatia against Brazil. Um a Brazil-Argentina semifinal is looking very likely at this point. Um and that will be a lot of fun. Portugal should have an easy time against Morocco and they'll play the winner of England versus France in the semifinals. Um And as for the final, like I said, I feel like it's a five-horse race. It's pretty open. Um, I'm going to stick with Portugal uh, as my favorite so far just because uh, I have no reason to change it. Uh, Brazil and France have looked incredible. Um, I think Brazil is going to be playing in the final. But I'm going to stick with Portugal. They've given me no reason to change my pick, and I'm going to stick to my guns. Um, But in all honesty, there are any of those five teams... Uh, (coughs) they are competing for the final and they are competing to win the final so it will be a lot of fun Um, that should just about do it for this episode Um, very glad that we uh, don't have to talk about baseball again until maybe July Uh, we might bring it up once the season starts, but baseball won't be worth talking about again for a very long time, which is awesome. I'm also very proud of us for going an entire episode without talking about basketball. We almost blew it there, but we saved it. Um, good episode to talk about some other sports. Hope you guys enjoyed and we will see you next time.